Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello. If you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the Speakeasy Edition. What do we do when God asks us to do things that we don't want to do or are the opposite of what we thought he was going to ask us to do or is completely different from what we want, even like really, really badly? And beyond that, how do we know we're hearing from God and how do we discern and decipher that? So if you follow me on social media in any capacity for the last 18 months, maybe a little bit longer than that, you have likely picked up on a subliminal and in more recent history, completely open and (laughs) borderline aggressive distaste for my home state of Louisiana. I hated it here. And I would openly say I hate it here. And I hated everything about it. When people would ask me to find something positive about living in Louisiana, I would say, my family is here. And that was about it. Uh, We really love the school that the girls go to. We really love the church community that we're in. But if we're being honest, in the state of mind that I was in, I was like, we can replicate that somewhere else. So let's freaking go. The crime, the corruption, the weather, the bugs, some of our family, if we're being totally honest. Every morning I woke up and one of my first thoughts was, wow, I really I don't want to be here. And that was a dark <laughs> season. It's a really interesting place to live when you are deeply dissatisfied with where you live. I love our home that we built and I love my family. And we would, for 18 months, we would say, if we could just pick up our house and put it somewhere else, we'd be so much happier. We became really, really close friends, more like family with people who live in Michigan. So we spent a lot of time last year in Michigan. And you know what? Michigan's politics are trash too. But the part of Michigan that we, over the course of time, fell in love with has beautiful weather and beautiful landscape. It's not below sea level. The crime is pretty great, and we really could have just kind of dropped into a life there with friends and with a church and honestly even with a school and a neighborhood. And for the later part of 2022, that was the heading that I was walking towards. And I think Jeremy as well. Like We just were like, we're going to be faithful. We're going to pray. We're going to be obedient, but we think this is the next move. We're going to get to get out of Louisiana and move somewhere that we have decided is better. So in December of 2022, we're actually, my husband and I are sitting in my office where I'm sitting right now recording this, and we're having a conversation. I am expressing frustrations with certain things and institutions and people and my go-to line of I hate it here and over and over and over. And in the kindest, most compassionate way possible, Jeremy looked at me and said, what if we could change some of those things? Like, yeah, we could pick up and move and get away from those things. Or, I mean, what if we stayed and made them better? 
And I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I hope that you have those moments where like, obviously the Holy Spirit is always available to us and tangible, but sometimes it just gets a little more intense and it kind of feels like heaven meets earth. And it was one of those moments where everything shifted for me and we're sitting across from a table from each other and we lock eyes. And I said, oh man, God's going to make us stay, isn't he? And Jeremy kind of looked at me and I'm kind of leaning that way. And it was like in an instant, I knew. I knew God wanted us to stay. I knew he wanted us to not just stay, but dig in and invest, make an impact, be a part of a community, put down roots. And I was not happy about it. (laughs) From the the get-go, I was like, okay, yes. I hear you. And I'm going to be obedient. Like, I'm going to put down Zillow. I'm going to stop planning our life in a different place. I'm going to fully commit to staying because I really do believe that I'm hearing you say that for right now. And I'm not going to be happy about it for a minute. Is that okay? Like, this is the conversation that God and I are having. I hear you. There is no denying this. Crystal clear. Message received. Do I have to be happy about it? Do I have to be excited about it right now? And I really felt like I was like, no, I'm just asking for your obedience and kind of like I'll take care of the rest was how I felt. I didn't even feel like I had to fake it until I made it. I didn't feel like I had to, oh, like I really need to change my attitude. I really felt like God was okay with my grief to a degree because it was grieving something that I had really set a lot of hopes and expectations on. I think he was okay with my questions, with my frustration, with my, hi, hello, have you looked around? It's kind of terrible here for all intents and purposes. At the time, right? Like in the mindset that I was in at the time, that was all I could see. All I could see was the negative. All I could see that was the bad. And honestly, didn't feel like there was anything I could do to change that. And I honestly still three months later, don't have a extraordinarily clear cut plan on what making an impact and making a change here looks like. We hear from God and I was fully on board, 100% in. We are staying. We're not going anywhere. I actually like got in touch with an interior designer <laughs> right after because I there's nothing hanging on the walls of this home because right after we moved into it, I pretty much decided I wanted to move, which is a whole different thing. So okay, I'm in, I'm staying, we will put down roots, we will make connections, I will make friends, I will invest in the places and communities and institutions that you have around us, but I'm not going to be happy about it. So that was the beginning of December, it was right around my birthday, and I can tell you that now at the end of February, I am so excited for what the potential future holds, and I don't even know what it is. There are a lot of things that are kind of in a limbo state, there are multiple things that have opened up as new possible opportunities. I've already made new friends. We've gotten invested in our church. And what's really funny about it is along the way, that's beginning of December to end of February, I honestly don't look back and see this line in the sand moment when it changed for me. And I think sometimes as believers, or even just as humans, we can expect that. We can think that Things are going to change and all of a sudden this is going to be better and I'm going to move forward. And sometimes that's just not how it works. 
Sometimes it is literally just doing the next right step and the next right thing, especially if you don't know what the step after that is. Because I do think sometimes God will give us, through the Holy Spirit, ideas and next steps that you're, you know, you weigh the pros and cons, you weigh the risks, and you go, okay, yeah, I think this is our next step. And you pray and you ask for peace and you ask for assurance and you move forward in that thing, not knowing what comes after that. So for example, for us, it was my husband started a company of his own, Capital Pressure Wash Baton Rouge. If you are in the local area and need an excellent pressure washer, he does driveways, he does homes, he does roofs, he does gutters, he does all the things, residential and commercial. That's my shameless plug for the episode. You can check him out at Capital Pressure Wash br.com and get a free consult today. Anyway, we knew starting capital was the next right step. We had no idea and honestly still kind of don't fully know what the next step after that is. So we're just standing in obedience of having started the company and it doing well and stewarding that to the best of our capacity. But I think sometimes we get in our own way with analysis paralysis and wanting to have things more plotted out and more planned out than what God intends for us to have. And is that not faith, right? We're willing to have faith about some things. And I'm saying we on purpose because this is 100% me preaching to myself. We're willing to have faith about certain things, but it's like we keep these other little things. Maybe they're more core. Maybe they're more precious to us or more vulnerable or more difficult or crazy or whatever. It's almost like we think we can keep these things held back from God and do it better ourselves, which is the lie from the garden, right? That we can be like God, that we can be in control, that our way is better. And the reality of the human experience is we're going to continue to battle that until we're made whole in, in eternity. But so I think what holds Christians back from doing the next right thing, especially when it's something that they don't want to do is do we actually trust God? Do we trust him to do what he said he's going to do, to be who he has said he is going to be, to catch us if we do inevitably fall, to use what the enemy means for harm, for good, and to work all things together for good for those who serve him? Do we believe that? Do we live our lives like that? And I think if you look at the American church as an American, sometimes. Sometimes we do, but sometimes we hold those things back from God because we're afraid of what he's going to ask us to do. The great news is that that is not a new experience. That is not a new phenomenon. We have literally been doing this since the beginning of time. God asks people, his children, to do hard things that sometimes, often, don't make cognitive, logistical sense that are going to be difficult, that aren't going to be fun, that people don't want to do, and we fight God on it, and then end up there anyway. (laughs) End up doing the thing anyway. And sometimes I just look at it and feel like we're making the journey so much more difficult on ourselves than it has to be if we would just trust him. Which can be really difficult for a generation of people who have been taught not to trust themselves. If you go back to episode 218, what exactly is new age, I get really into the idea of listening to your heart 
and trusting your heart and how a lot of the time that gut feeling, quote unquote, is actually the Holy Spirit and intuition is the Holy Spirit and discernment is the Holy Spirit. And we have just silenced him in our lives because we've been taught we can't trust ourselves. I'm not going to get all into the weeds of that again because I already did an episode about it. Definitely go back and listen. But in terms of making decisions, actually doing the things, this is the parameters within which I test things. I have a feeling, I have an inclination, I feel like I am hearing something from God. The first thing I do is I go look at scripture. Is there anything in scripture that goes against what I feel like I'm hearing right now? Let's use the example of when God told us to stay. Okay, is there anything in scripture that says, don't stay where you live? There's not. There is no implicit instruction in scripture like that. Okay, so we're in the clear there. So then you start actually having a conversation with God. You start talking to God like you would talk to all the people in your life that you test things against. Now, please don't hear me saying that you shouldn't talk to people about things because I think God created us for community and he gave us the ability to discern for and with our brothers and sisters in relationship. And that is a gift that... I don't want us to discard. But is that the first thing you're doing? Is that the only thing you're doing? Is that where you're getting your affirmation or your decision to not do something because it doesn't make sense to people? Because I encourage you to take a quick flip through the Old Testament and the New Testament and see tons of people who did things they didn't want to do that didn't make sense that God instructed them to do. And you see that all the time in our current times as well. So. We hear something from God, we test it against scripture, and then we start talking to him about it. What does this look like? What is the next right step? Can you help give me discernment towards that? I don't need to know what step two is. If I'm going to be faithful and obedient in this, can you help me figure out what the next step is? And then you, the next step may be to wait. And we got to be ready for that too. The next step may be this is a season of rest because you've been going at 100% for four years, why don't you catch your breath for a minute so that you can successfully run the mission that I'm about to put in front of you. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 tells us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That is a promise from scripture. That is not prosperity gospel. That is not some woo-woo, new age BS. That is the word of God out of the mouth of Christ. When your heart is aligned with God, when you want to serve him with your life and with your gifts, and you want to take the next right steps in what he has put in you, he will tell you, you will find, and he will open the door while also closing others so that you can walk through it. The problem, more often than not, is A, we don't even ask, we don't seek, we don't knock, because we don't think we're allowed to, and then if we do those things, we aren't in a position to hear because our lives are so insane, and we're scrambling around because we think it's all up to us, and we are somehow in control, and if any of these balls get dropped, then everything's going to fall apart, and it's going to be a failure, and failure is death. Does any of that sound familiar, or is it just me? Surely it's not just me. If we believe that scripture is the word of God and is 
instruction for us as well as encouragement and a story that we are woven into, then we can look at the lives of those who have gone before us and see how they did things. And we get to choose whose model we want to follow. Do you want to follow Moses's model? Because he was actually pretty faithful. Like he pushed back on God a little bit. Like, are you sure? Me? Have you heard me talk? I'm not the guy. And when God made it very clear that he was the guy, he did the thing. And he didn't do it perfectly because he wasn't God. But Moses is in the hall of faith for a reason, right? Or you could be someone like Jonah, who God tells you to do something and you say no. And then you end up doing it anyway, but you do it the hard way and you end up in the belly of the beast in the process. That sucks. No, thank you. Or you can have the example of Christ. Asked and told to do something that he did not want to do, that he openly asked that God would take from him if there's any other way, let it be that way. And when the answer was no, he was obedient and he carried his cross and he died his death so that we could be in eternity with him. Those are your choices. You can be like Moses and you can hem and you can haul and you can do it and be a weirdo about it and not believe that you are good enough for God to use. You can be like Jonah and fight God and end up walking through pain that maybe wasn't for you in the first place and end up doing the things that God had for you anyway. Or we can be like Christ. We can wrestle with God. We can be honest with God about not wanting to do things that he's asking us to do and then do them anyway. I'm not trying to say, (laughs) I'm not trying to say that I've like, been like Jesus or compare myself to Jesus in the process because I can tell you with full confidence that Jesus had a way better attitude and was way more receptive and way more obedient than I have been in the process. So please don't hear me making that comparison. But I've walked all three of these choices to some degree when presented with doing things I didn't want to do. And I can tell you that Jesus's way is the better way. Not because it comes with all of the answers, not because I know what's next, not because it made everything easy, but because I don't want to be in control. I don't want to keep all the plates spinning because that's exhausting. If I am going to live a life of sacrifice and of service to Christ, then I want to reap the benefits of the pressure is off. That doesn't mean that I'm not in action and that I am not taking steps. But it does mean that I know that it doesn't all come down to me, that it is not all dependent on me, that I am not the one making everything happen, that I have everything I need for life and godliness, and that good works have been prepared for me to walk into. And that's just a way chiller, better way to live. Having done all of them, I'm choosing that one. We don't know what staying means still. Three months into making the decision, and taking some steps of obedience, we don't fully know what this looks like. We have no idea what our lives are going to look like in a year. And that is good news because it's not up to us. It is not our decision to make. We get to just take the next right steps by being receptive, by listening to Jesus, by matching what we think and hear against scripture, by talking to God about it, and involving other people in it when it's appropriate. And in my humble opinion, that is the answer for fear. 
that is the answer for analysis paralysis for a generation of frozen Christians that don't know what to do because we're afraid we're going to mess it up. What if you can't mess it up? What if you can't mess it up? What if God's will for your life is to love him and love others and tell people about him with our mouths and with our lives and with our actions? What if that is God's will and everything else are steps along the way that aren't ours to decide or plan or discern? What if really, truly, the pressure is off? That feels like really good news. Even when it involves things that I don't want to do, that I don't understand, that don't make sense to my small human brain. Do we actually believe that we serve the God who is in control of everything? Who wants good things for his kids? Who loves us and likes us? Do you believe that? And do you live your life like it? Thank you.